Joining us today is Rob Warren, the chief dog's body for the Everything Theatre website. If you see me reaching up for the bottle, you know where we're going, yeah. I've had a few emails from people saying they're disgusted by our review and that it was so unfair. It was a crap show now, it'll be a crap show later next week. (laughs) (laughs) Put that on the poster. All right, love. What'll it be? Uh, right, I've pressed record, so uh, I'd, I should probably start off with a... It's a pretty lame intro, but it's one of those lame intros you'd expect a professional podcast to do with, like, some cheesy segue. So let's see if this works. So, <laughs> Christ, I'm trying to sound professional for some reason. Welcome back to Two Actors Walking to a Bar podcast with myself, David McCulloch, and... Scarlett Bryant, that was your oh, cue yeah. to say. Oh, I have a name, sorry. <laughs> We've fallen at the first hurdle straight away. <laughs> sorry, I'm I'm wowed by the fact that we have something more interesting for you that isn't just our dulcet tones. <laughs> and we have a guest. <laughs> we do. See, as, as actors, we do like to talk about theatre. We are children of the stage, as it were. But rather than oh this is where I, I i am already hating the intro that i've come up with i came up with it in while shopping in lidl um rather than talk about some aspects of theater we thought we'd talk about everything theater and joining oh. us today oh, i know i'm so sorry you're but, a cheesy guy <laughs> joining us today is uh rob warren the chief do- uh, oh, i fucked it up already i the problem is i really struggle with saying my r's and rob Warren, I really have to focus saying that Sorry. name. Jonathan Wass. <laughs> Jonathan Wass. Welcome to the stage, Rob Warren. Uh, we're joined by Rob Warren, the chief <laughs> dog's body for the Everything Theatre website. Hello, Rob. Hello, nice to meet you. And thank you for that intro. <laughs> <laughs> so um, every guest we have on, this seems to have become a tradition now. We ask them the same question. It's a very important question really gets into the heart of your soul if that makes sense rob what are you drinking for purposes of the podcast we shall say this is vodka (laughs) but (laughs) unfortunately it is actually just a glass of water (laughs) (laughs) i I, I was going to crack open the um the jim bean bottle well the half jim bean bottle someone brought me but i forgot to buy any coke to go with it so i'm missing that tonight (laughs) It depends if you're like, Christ, this podcast is a chore. Just drink it all straight. <laughs> if, if you see me reaching up for the bottle, you know where we're going, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm one of those very boring people who hardly ever drink at home. Mm. Most of my drinking now is is at press nights. It's great. I only reason I go to a press night anymore is to get free booze. That's pretty much... <laughs> I don't go for the shows anymore. I go for the booze. <laughs> that's hilarious right there's an exclusive there if you're a production company inviting rob to a press night he's just there to get pissed he didn't give a shit about the shows (laughs) it's the only time i get a decent glass of wine i tell you i don't blame you though because i mean what, what would you say um your percentages are for the stuff that you go to see or are invited to go and see that you do genuinely enjoy because even though you're a reviewer i suppose your tastes lie somewhere and it may not necessarily be where you're invited to go. Uh, I'm lucky. I mean, mm. we we pick our own shows anyway. I mean, I'm in a great position. I, I, I see every show first, you know, 
all the invites coming to me. So I, I handpick the shows I want to see. So right. I'd say probably four out of five shows I see I've really enjoyed. And even the ones you don't particularly enjoy, you still you, there's still enough there usually to make it worthwhile even out. But say, but yeah. those are the ones you really want the free booze for. Yeah. <laughs> they get a nicer review so long <laughs> as you've had a few. <laughs> you you start to realise why they give out so much free booze at big press nights. I mean we I mean we honestly don't go to big press nights where you get a lot of free booze because um most of our stuff is fringe theatre. But mm-hmm. you start to mm-hmm. realise that most most critics, reviewers who probably do three, four, five shows a week are surely just functioning alcoholics. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't laugh, but like I, I can totally believe it. <laughs> I, I've been encouraging our, what we've been trying to do a lot more recently is get our team to send in photographs when they're out in the evening. You know, mm-hmm. So when they get to a theatre, send a picture of the venue, of the inside. And one of our guys is going to two or three shows a week and every photograph he sends me has a pint of beer in it. Nice. <laughs> and I, I'm thinking, you know, you really, you know, is, is it time to have an intervention here? We do always say though, don't we? I mean, obviously I would have... Um, been completely the same as you in that I never drank at home I think people went one of two ways in lockdown and David gave Mm. me the excuse to open a bottle (laughs) whilst he was finishing a crate (laughs) but like I mean (laughs) I just um I I do think as well with life kind of actually kind of getting back on the tracks and and moving along nicely um (laughs) I, I there's not the time to I mean if, if you've got to go out which obviously you didn't have the possibility of before then then if you're driving you don't want to be having having a, <laughs> an afternoon booze up <laughs> but then again you're in London aren't you Rob no one drives in in London don't they oh god I mean my car I, I don't know why I have the car anymore it, I I think I do about four five hundred miles a year in it last year and it's just that I'm, I mean I mean it must work out about 50 quid a mile at the moment for what I pay for the car and sort of what I, by the time you MOT it and insure it I'm thinking this is an expensive shopping trip I'd be better off yeah I should really just get taxis back and forth to the supermarket every week there is I mean I'm I'm out in West London I'm I'm, I'm well west I'm right on I'm, I'm literally next door to Heathrow Airport it's it's quite weird I do drive to some venues there's a few venues out this way that you can actually drive to and park at you know little real sort of almost regional venues and it's really weird driving to to see a show now because I'm so used to getting on a train and even mm. writing review. I write my review on the train journey home. And yeah. it's, so, oh, it's so weird. If I haven't got a review by the time I've half written review by the time I've come home, it's really weird. So I find it... I find it really weird just driving to to watch theatre now. It just doesn't feel like it's a proper night out if I had to drive somewhere. Mm. You can't drink either as well. <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think, actually, no, luckily those venues that I drive to never give me free booze anyway. So um, <laughs> may as well not bother, to be honest. No, and I, I'm trying to think about giving them a good review. I mean... <laughs> I, that that could I, I reckon I reckon that you could probably sort of work out that the, if something's got a five star review, it's probably had free booze with it. And I'm trying to think <laughs> back to mine now, and I, I actually think there's probably a coalition there, coalition correlation <laughs> between five star reviews and, funnily enough, there was free booze. So if you're a theatre producer listening to this podcast and you want a guaranteed five star review from Everything Theatre, just Liquor them up, essentially. Booze. Just have a crate on the door. Just hand it to the reviewer and go, there you go. 
it's it's no coincidence though is it it's absolutely no coincidence that they ply you with booze as i say the big shows ply you with booze because they Mm. want you know they want you ready for the show they don't want you feeling too serious for the show so booze and free and and the other one it'll get is free cake cake works as well oh you will you'd be amazed how the random stuff you get at press nights I went to see a show called Caterpillar, and they were giving a caterpillar cakes. You know, they had a massive caterpillar cake there for the press. Brilliant! But of course, no one wanted to cut it first, so it sat there for ages till someone decided to actually cut it into sections. (laughs) I thought you were going to say they were literally handing Collins out, like left, right, and (laughs) centre. But no, it was just one big giant one. One big giant Collin, the caterpillar cake. I don't know if it was Collin or if it was the um, Aldi knockoff, but oh, there was some controversy (laughs) there. It it was a fear to five oh three. It would have been the top stuff. They they wouldn't have cut. They would have um, skimped on their budget. <laughs> <laughs> I've never known that. I've never known about bribing reviewers. I mean, uh, giving reviewers cake and and booze. But that's a, that's one I'll I'll remember that for next time. So obviously we know all about your alcohol management and uh, <laughs> in cakes management now. <laughs> How do you, I, I, something I'm sort of very curious about is actually the time management of it. And like you say, when you're getting on the train to a show on the way back, you'll, you'll start writing the review there and then. Um, how does being a reviewer sort of feed into everyday life? Is is that hard? Do you have jobs alongside or is this you? Oh, I mean, we're all volunteers. Everything mm. theatre is is completely volunteer, so mm. <clears throat> most most of our team will be either working or we got we got a few students. I fi- I'll be honest, I don't know if we've got anyone who's retired. I've never asked anyone if they're that old, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean most yeah most most of us work full time, so yeah. you work the reviews around that. So we will most of our team will only do usually maximum one a week. Yeah, the t- the timing is then, I mean we say to people two days to get the review in. So you go see a show tonight, review to us by Wednesday night. We could usually get published pretty quickly from there. It, it can be challenging. I I mean, I, I, I've been known to be sitting there at like eight o'clock in the morning at the place I used to work. I'd sit in the cafe at eight o'clock in the morning trying to find, finish my review before I started working. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's the the trick is really to get as much done as you can on the way home, mm. and also you know that's you almost dread seeing a show that's going on for two two and a half hours because you think Christ it's not going to finish till ten o'clock, so it's like <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to have that time. Whereas a lot of fringe stuff is an hour long, so it's like yeah. half seven start out by half eight, maybe one last free glass of wine if it's going, and then and then on the you know home writing by nine ten o'clock perfect, but it is mm. yeah it is and it's like we say to our reviewers you know. Don't overcommit yourself because you it's you know it's an evening to see the show and it could be an evening to write the review. So mm. it is it is tough sometimes to sort of fit it in, but it's you know it's part of the fun in it. Yeah, you've got to have a lot of passion and enthusiasm to have sort of even applied to volunteer for everything theatre or any other sort of um, independent reviewing platforms. So how did everything theatre start off? Were you there from the beginning? Because I know obviously you're. Your chief dog's body is what you call yourself now, but um, <laughs> were you there when it first began? Were you one of the founding members, or did you kind of swoop no, in? No, and... it started out um, with a couple of guys, uh, a couple of students who used to, who used to go and see theatre. They they said so they used to get the used to go to the national theatre and get the old 
cheap student discounts at National Theatre. And mm. they, they set up a blog between the two of them. And then somewhere along the line, they invited some friends along to join them. And I, I don't mm. know the original history beyond that they just died. I don't know how it went from two people up to, at some points, 40 people. Um, but mm. they, they literally, they ran it for five years I joined in 2016, and they left about two months later, oh. which I think oh. was a coincidence. I don't think it was personal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they handed it over to they 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 handed it over to two people who had been there pretty much from the start, working you know, with them. One of them then realised it was too much commitment because they was doing a masters at the time, so they gave up. Uh, Claire, who t- who was then running it, asked for some help. I said, "Well, I, I don't mind doing a little bit of pieces for you." So I, I I just helped out, just to organize, you know, basically sending out the weekly schedule of what shows were coming up, and then somehow that developed into I think Claire went on holiday and said, "Oh, can you take over the actual emails and everything?" So I was like, "Yeah." And then she came back from holiday and said, "Can you keep doing it for a little while longer? So I'm busy." Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I think she, she gradually just just passed more and more on. And um, yeah. so, yeah, and it, it, suddenly I realised I'm running the whole show. But it's, it, yeah, so, but it was really weird because I never felt I owned it. I never felt it's mine because it was set up mm. by two other people. So for about two, for about two years, we were just bummed along because no one was actually owning the stuff. The st- stuff. So mm. I was sort of just booking, you know, organising shows, booking people in, but we weren't doing anything else. We were just literally stumbling along. And at some mm. point, like me and Claire sat down and said, well, we've, we've got to do something or we just close it down. And we did get close to closing down at one point. So it's like, well, let, let's give it one last push. So that's when I finally started, okay, I'll, I'll admit ownership now. So I sort of started <laughs> taking some responsibility. And over the, yeah, we were just starting to build up and then obviously we hit lockdown. And yeah, <laughs> so oh. it was sort of, yeah, so it was like two big steps forward and then one very big step backwards, wasn't it, for, for 18 months so yeah, so I've been doing it for now. I mean, I've I've been writing for about six years for everything theatre because I come from doing my own sort of personal blog where I would review just mm. stuff I was going to see. So um, that's I've been and I've been writing it now for four of those six years. It's a commitment. Let's just say it it, it takes it takes a few hours out of my time. Well, yeah, if you say like now that it went it started off with two people and now you say it was about forty or fourteen. This year we've had about thirty seven different reviewers go out for us yeah. so far this year so it's it's a big operation now it, you can tell it is because i, I know obviously I, our level of of fringe theater everyone talks about everything theater and it's one of those you want to get a, a good review from um your website and one of the things that i this might sound really weird for uh, an actor to say uh because everyone i've i've been around actors who are like i don't i don't care what the critics say until they give you a five or four star and you're like (laughs) i love critics here they are on the poster um (laughs) but one thing that i actually quite respect about your website as opposed to other similar websites is that you are not afraid to doll out criticism i've seen you know one and two star reviews be thrown out on your website but I've had other websites and I've seen other reviewers where they're like, eh, we don't want to be too mean or too harsh. I mean, there's a there's a website that my fiance uh, has written for and she wrote a scathing review for a show. And then the head of that website came back to her and said, we don't want to be 
too harsh could you be a bit nicer (laughs) (laughs) so um i was just like where did that decision you know is has there ever been a moment where you're like do we want to make sure we just stay to the three and above or are are you worried at all about repercussions because i know some people might see a one or two star i go how dare you i mean we'll get to one stars i'll tell you about one stars in a moment but (laughs) two stars we do look at carefully and we try to even if we're giving two stars we do say to our guys look think of the positive still try and say what was good and if you give it a two star, say what what could probably be improved to make it a three star. So we do, yeah. we still we still try and err on the side of positivity because we're, as I say we're reviewing people, we review mostly fringe. So and there's mm. you know these people giving up their own time, their efforts. You know a lot of them, you know, are, are making their start in the in careers. So we don't want to slate them. So yeah. we even with two stars, we try to we say to our viewers still trying there on the side of positivity um we've got it wrong a few times i've had a few emails from people saying they're disgusted by our, our review and that it was so unfair you know and even but you even oh, give wow. three stars you get people emailing us saying that's wrong it should have been four star don't invite somebody to review it then no it- <laughs> it's that's that's it isn't it i mean i had someone recently sent me a risk gave an email saying we should not have sent someone who didn't understand the format of the show because it was it was something really weird um, it was something called a chrono poem, and I had to Google oh, it. I had, me. Yeah, I had to Google <laughs> a, it. A, a what and poem? A, a, I think it was a chrono poem. It's some art, it's some form, and it. Um, and the reviewer put, "I did not. I had to look it up. I didn't understand what this was going to be." On the email, well, if she says that she should never have come, and I said, "Well, if you're saying that, you've just cut out ninety percent of your audience, haven't you?" Yeah. It's like, you know, and you're being a snob. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't quite say that, but I inferred it in my response to him. Um, If anyone out there has produced a piece of theatre, which is a a chrono chrono poem, poem. which I'm I'm sure there's several of you out there that have, um, we might have narrowed it down. Yeah, it's it's a very niche form. But but no, we we still try and err on the side of caution. Uh, We still try and, we, we don't, we have people look at all the reviews and if it's a two star, we read it a couple, you know, I have an editor who will read it and then I will reread it to make sure Mm. it's not too nasty. One star reviews. We tend not to publish. If someone says it was a one star show, we will quite often say, do you want to write a review for this or should we just leave it? And Mm. and we do just leave it. The last time we published a one star review, the person threatened to take us to the police for a hate crime. Oh my God. (laughs) To the police. Yeah, yeah, it was a hate crime because he was. We could clearly tell by his name he wasn't English, and so we were clearly racist. And it was a hate crime, and he was going to report us to the police for it and show the reviewers evidence. Wow. Imagine and, if the I I don't know. I feel like the police have you know murders and robberies and politicians to deal with. <laughs> we did suggest that maybe he was being a bit of a prat. Um, <laughs> and we we I'd did love su- to know how you word that. Certainly. <laughs> <It's> um, <laughs> I I had I'll be honest. I couldn't reply. I was so angry that mm. I had to get someone else to do a, a very professional reply for us. And we went for this whole correspondence with this guy what, about why we were justified in the one star 
and it just got boring in the end. So we took the review down. It's oh, this right. whole thing about why why waste energy on something so petty yeah. when we could mm-hmm. we could be celebrating great theatre. So we took the review down, and then we we had people following him on all his accounts. So his Facebook account was he had his own little Facebook page, and that we had we had people we had spies in his midst, shall we say. And he he was posted to all, all his friends about how he'd beaten the bull to our set. The worst thing was it was our it was our most ever read review. <laughs> we went viral. Mm. Literally, people were sending it around. Um, we had a, we had another we had another we had um, a uh, remote go email us. And say we're not quite sure what his problem is. Our review is worse than yours. And they showed us their. <laughs> <laughs> and they had suggested that the sound engineer had fallen asleep out of boredom in their review. <laughs> Christ, amazing. The thing is, though, like you can't if if you've had a one star review up on a website that is being shared and shared and shared, which you guys are probably thinking fantastic loads of traffic coming to our website and then suddenly that review disappears everyone's just gonna think oh you whinged and got got them to take it down there's not gonna be any victory to it at all it, <laughs> it, it was pathetic <coughs> and if it happened again now i mean i say we don't we we very rarely i mean that was the last one star review we posted we had one recently where the reviewer sent email me and said i can't review it it was that bad and so we just emailed the company and said we'd rather decline on this one. And we looked up other reviews and they were getting two stars across the board elsewhere. So clearly it wasn't great. But it isn't worth our energy. I mean, the worst thing of this one, the guy who who threatened to take us to the police then invited us to go see his next show. <laughs> he clearly forgot <laughs> to delete us from his mailing list. What and, a prick. And I, 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 I wanted to go. I, I said to someone, should we just go? It uh, doesn't matter how the show could be the best we've ever seen. Let's just say it was crap. <laughs> One star. Yeah. Another drink for your love. This podcast is sponsored by WeAudition.com. WeAudition.com is a revolutionary website with loads of fantastic and useful resources for all you wonderful actors out there. On WeAudition, you can find a rehearsal or self-tape partner instantly audition and take general meetings on video chat, get career advice from a wide range of industry professionals, and you can even earn money for rehearsing with other actors. So for all the listeners of Two Actors Walk Into a Bar, we've got a cheeky little voucher for you. Everybody loves a voucher, don't they? It's 25% off a pro membership. Two Actors, 25. T-W-O-A-C-T-O-R-S, 25. Shazam! I think if you look at like any YouTube video uh, that like Mark Kermode um, has done for like mm-hmm. film reviews, all the ones that are negative are the ones with the most views. Yeah. But some companies thrive on it. Um, Shitface Shakespeare love two star reviews. They will post those up at the top of their advertising, at the top of their promotional <laughs> material, because. It, it makes them stand out and they will actually they yeah. will actually use and I mean Stuart Lee's the classic for this, isn't it? Stuart Lee, the comedian, always, always post up his poor reviews because mm. his audience love it, because the the people who are giving out his poor reviews are people you know aren't going to like Stuart Lee. So he yeah. thrives on them criticizing him. And uh, so I know I spoke to Shakespeare, uh, Shitface Shakespeare last year 
And they said they love it because we gave them a two star. I mean, we we used to give them good reviews, but one of our reviews went along just did not enjoy it one bit. Mm. It's like it's called shit face Shakespeare. What was you expecting? <laughs> yeah. You know, they they get drunk during the show, or one person gets drunk during the show. You wasn't go get classic Shakespeare. And this reviewer just said, "Well, it was just it was just a single joke all the way through," and I think they were faking the drinking anyway. <laughs> But, and I was chatting to about it. They, they don't mind. They love reviews like that because it's different. I was going to say, I, I do understand that mentality, um, and which is something that a few people disagree with me with. But the, the show that, that I've produced and I've also written it and I'm in it, I'm really hoping we get a one star review just so I can put like, you know, you know, four stars nice quote five stars nice quote four star and then at the bottom one star i hated it just because i thought not not on its own but in amongst good ones because i think that would be fun i think it'd be funny and a lot of people on my team have gone no well i mean invite us get us an invite (laughs) we already have he gave us a good review it was i was a up hitler wasn't it yeah it would be hilarious if i suddenly went yeah a up hitler you gave us a one star and i uh, i i shopped you to the police I I was interviewing someone just before Christmas about a show um show they were doing. I I can't remember why we got onto the conversation, but we we got talking about crap shows, and I got talk. I I was saying about this I went isn't to a segue sh- because of I've mentioned my show. Is it? No, no, no. You're this like, is well, not your show. You're okay. <laughs> no, no. But no, it's worse than that. I I was saying about I went to this show about that was a a a a, a mockumentary of Boris Johnson. And it was an op- mm. Boris Johnson the Opera or something, and it was all about it was a show about Boris Johnson, and I said it was so bad, and I slated it in my review, said it was just not ready for the stage, and mm. the PR contacted me afterwards, said they've asked you to take the review down, you come in previews, and I just emailed back, so well, it doesn't matter if pre- previews or not, it was a crap show now, it'd be a crap show later <laughs> next week, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> So we took the review down at Put Boris. that on the poster. Yeah, but but as I'm chatting to him, this guy come in the background who was in the theatre with him, and he goes, oh, it wasn't so-and-so play, was it? I'm going, yeah, why? He goes, I was in that. Oh, cringe. <laughs> and I, I saw there was this moment I'm thinking, I should just stop this. I should just say the internet's gone off. Just cut cut the internet now. And he sort of paused. He goes, don't worry, he goes, I was just doing it, so I was desperate for work, he goes, but it was bloody awful to work in as well. <laughs> <laughs> I am um, speaking of the bad reviews and it drawing traffic to your site, say, or anybody else's. Um, quite recently, I'd seen that um, a, a pub restaurant local to our, David and I, um, they had been contacted about something like they tried to book a table at this restaurant um, or, or this individual who had emailed in and said, can I book a table for four people with a, with a high chair? Um, and, uh, they'd come back and said, yeah, that's absolutely fine. But on this occasion, actually, we're not going to take your booking because the last time you were here, you fed your child off of your plate, which apparently wasn't allowed according to said restaurants. How else you go feed them? Well, exactly. And, and she'd put something like, I gave my kid a couple of car- carrots. This is disgusting. Then from there, I was kind of just... I must have had quite a few people on Facebook that were keeping an eye on the updates of this. So that ended up getting thousands and thousands of shares, likes and comments, people tagging other people. I'm thinking 
the, the owners of this restaurant probably rubbing their hands together mm. thinking like people are going to turn up and sit themselves there with a baby and start feeding it stuff just to try and get a reaction out of us but they've literally <laughs> turned up to the restaurant it's, and paid us to find out it's incredible when you see those sort of things go viral though isn't it and it is mm. as i said no publicity is bad publicity Mm. And, and people mm. will bring us back to theatre. You know, I'm professional. I know how to bring us back to theatre. Um, <laughs> but people will go and see bad shows deliberately, won't mm. they? They will. They will see a bad review. It's like, let's go anyway. You know what the hell? Um, yeah. You know, depending on how crack. bad. You know, there's if you go make a bad show, it's got to be really bad. It's no good just being yeah. poor. You know, mm. these two star reviews, poor, poor. Yeah, we done one last week, and it was like. The guy just said it was, you know, you read the review and it's, it's had a Porsche show, but there was nothing that made you want to go see it because it was, it, it didn't sound bad enough. Whereas sometimes <laughs> yeah. you, you, know, you will go see just dire, just, just for the sheer hell of it, just to see if it's as bad as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I did something like that uh, when I went to Edinburgh Fringe in 2017. We were just looking for a show to see. We saw a show. It was fucking dreadful. And we all turned to each other afterwards and went, we're seeing this again and we're bringing everyone with us and we're getting pissed before. And we had a whale of a time watching the show and watching our friends who we were going, this is the best show ever. It's amazing. And just looking at them like, because huh, of how bad it was. But there is a kind of, I don't know, there's some like guilty pleasure behind bad shows or bad films as well. There's a reason why that Tommy Wiseau film, The Room, is so popular because it's so bad. But everyone loves it. Everyone will go and watch it. They'll go to like see it at the Prince Charles Cinema. The film version of Cats is that kind of level. It's so <laughs> fascinatingly bad that I'm, I'm like, I, if someone asked me, do you want to watch it? I'd go, yeah, because I want to study it. I don't know how it's got to this level. In, in a few years' time, Cats will be a must-see film, won't it? Because it, it'd be one oh, of yeah. those in a few years' time, you, you'll be telling your children about, oh, you've got to see this to believe mm. it, you know? <laughs> and it will be it will become one of those cult classics because it's so mm. bad. As um Plan Nine from Outer Space used to be called one of the worst films ever made. And it's yeah. a really and it again, it's worth watching just for all the errors in it. I mean there's one point where they couldn't afford to film at night time, so they, they coloured in the background as they do in a lot of these old films, <laughs> except they forgot to do certain whole segments. So it would go from day to night to day to night, all the way through this this one set one scene just kept changing day to night. Um <laughs> and there's stuff like that all the way through it. You can see the sip down the alien's back at certain times because the costume was so bad. <laughs> and it's a cla- it's a classic. Si- I think six days might be fifth days, but it's it's a classic old sort of sci fi film. That, yeah. that is considered a cult classic now because it is so bad. Fear, you can't, I don't think you get quite the same cult with theatre because a, a bad show will quite often get cut before it gets a good mm. run to get the get us all to go back and see it again. But it's a shame. They should there should be theatres just specialise in bad theatre. We did um, quite recently. David and I saw something. I'm not going to name and shame it just because it's super local. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was... I know exactly what you mean. Sometimes things are described like when characterizations are particularly different, let's say, and it feels like everybody is in a slightly different play and, and nobody marries up just just nicely. But we mm. almost, well, we did. We laughed our fucking heads off because it was so bad. And it, it probably made for a better night. It wasn't mediocre. It was shit and all the better <laughs> for it. <Yeah. laughs> 
Yeah, as I said, mediocre is just dull, but but shit, mm. it's funny. I mean, was it was it meant to be funny? Was it a comedy or? Um, <laughs> it ended up as a comedy. It, but the reasons I, we were laughing were not the reasons that I think the director or cast intended. Yeah, it, it was more like wigs, sort of being slightly off at an angle and <clears throat> coming in, sort of and speaking like I don't know. Like they weren't even human. It was so bizarre. <laughs> it was really, really strange. And they'd found really dirty jokes in the script that you otherwise actually, are, I don't know that, well, we certainly never picked up on. And and we were left sort of like, it was cheap. As I, I, I swear some of them deliberately going away to make, you know, if you go and make it bad, just make it really, really bad. And I'm sure there's an art <laughs> form to it. And I'm sure there's people who do it deliberately. And mm. yeah, and they should be praised for it. Yeah. And, you, and, and there should be, you know, and you should be, get, you know, if you go see a really bad show, it should get five stars, not one star, really, because you know they've achieved yeah. what they set out to do. Hopefully, that I've made this really <laughs> awful show that you will all want to talk about. Well, that's you know that's got to be a five star review, surely. There should yeah. there should be a reversal when it's when it's a bad show. The intention was there. <laughs> Why yeah. not credit them for it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, although sometimes you just wonder what the intention was with some of these, don't you? And you, you do what you, you think. What? Who? Who let this pass? Um, <laughs> friend, friend, friend of mine always says when she goes to the theatre, the worst thing she she can see on a program is written and directed by. Uh-huh, so because at okay. that point you know there's been no no one overlooking it saying that mm. bit doesn't work or maybe she's rewritten that. So if it's written yeah. and directed by, she goes, you know, it's going to be poor. And I went to see, and I remember, I always remember telling me this. And I think one wasn't long after I went to see a show written, directed, and starring. Oh, the triple whammy there. <laughs> that is a bit of self indulgence, isn't it? <laughs> And I always, and literally, and I think, I, I'm sure if I look back to review, I think I might mention this advice about if it's written, directed by, you got worry. Because mm-hmm. all I could think about watching this show, I know we, you know, I shouldn't be a matter on stage, but the, the writer, director, and main star was playing a child, and she was about 60, and her parents were about half her age on stage. <laughs> And she was acting like a small child at times, and it was just embarrassing. And I'm watching this thinking, did no one ever maybe sit back and look at you and think, maybe not your role? (laughs) Do you know what, though? That description, I'm like, I would love to see that show. That sounds hilarious. It was painful. I think it was demise. That venue doesn't even exist anymore. So I probably a reason for the venue. To... No, actually, that's harsh. No, it, the venue moved to Brixton, so it got a new home. But um, just watching it, and you're watching this woman play this child, and it's like, I, I know you can play different ages, and I've got no issue. You know, we we shouldn't stop older people in in, in theatre, but but you shouldn't be playing a child. Yeah, this has got to be set like in like some sort of dystopian realm for that oh, ever to be. <laughs> it, yeah, but I mean, I review, I, I read every review that we publish because I, I, I'm the one who slap all more on the websites, mm. and you mm. do read some really good takedowns, and and age does become an issue with with reviewing in that sometimes, even though you know they might be a great actor, you do watch it sometimes and think you're too old for that role or you're too young for that role. 
I think mm-hmm. we've had times where it's like so and so was playing the mother, but she was younger and her star, you know, and uh, you know, a co-star, <laughs> and and you can't get over it. Can you watch it and you can't get over? Doesn't matter how good they are, you sometimes watch it and you get fixated by you're too young for that role. I mean, as a theatre goer, but especially as a reviewer, sometimes you get fixated on a fact, and that's it. That's all you're going to think about for the rest of the night. Thing is, though, the thing about like watching bad theatre. Uh, it's very enjoyable if it's either cheap or free. So the show that, you know, Scarlett and I just saw, we were very lucky that our, um, that someone bought tickets for us. But then we saw a bad show on the West End. And even though we'd had the tickets bought for us for that, we still had to pay for the dinner and had to pay to get up to London because we're not based there. And that show was dreadful. And it was like... There was I I for me personally I was like there's no enjoyment to be had here why am I sat watching this fucking dreadful West and I End think show as as a West End show you should now name it because they're they're off there's no I would not say I would not directly criticize most fringe theatre I would not name most fringe theatre I didn't like but West End I feel is is open game so you have to now name that show oh fuck um okay oh god but it's, oh, okay. <laughs> Any, but anyone that knows us will know that we've done a version of this show. <laughs> so that might... Okay, um, I'll name it and I'll see in the edit if I'm brave enough to keep it in. It was um, it was Blythe Spirit. And we... Okay. I was just... We, we weren't fans. But obviously some people are. It's gotten four and... It's got a few four it, stars. It has its market. It, it, it has its marketplace. I'll, I'll be honest. I mean, I, I rarely go to the West End. I get, I mean, we get invited. We don't get mass, we don't get lots and lots of West End invites, but we get invited now and again when they remember. And hmm. um, I think when they're desperate to get reviewers in, they will come to us. But as you said earlier, we are known for Fringe Theatre. I'm sure I could go out of my way and, and get invites to big West End shows more often, but I don't see the point in it. But I don't enjoy the West End. I don't, I, 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 I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm a working class and I'm socialist and I have a chip yeah. on my shoulder about about people with too much money. And um, I go to the West End and all I can think about is how much was that ticket? And even if I'm getting it for free, I'm sort of well. looking around thinking, I, 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 just, I, I, I start to object to the fact that I'm sitting in a free 70, 80 pound ticket. You know? 70, <laughs> 80? That's a fucking bargain. I mean, at the time of recording, there's the whole issue with... Um, Four hundred pounds. Four hundred pounds for cop <laughs> and the play. I thank you. <laughs> plus, plus, plus booking fee. I know. Christ. <laughs> I mean, God, plus the booking, booking fee alone fee. is more than most most tickets. I see that, and I just think that's ridiculous. We go out of our way to try and show that theatre is accessible for everybody, and you know, and, and it's affordable, and it's all inclusive with subject matters, you know, we, you know, and fringe theatre is amazing in what it does to try and pull people in and pricing and that. I mean, God, I mean, I've, I've seen someone this week talking about giving away five free tickets for each night's performance to their show to people who have graduated in the last two years. I'm not quite sure why they're doing that, but you know, they did all these little things mm. and we go out of our way to, to, to fight for theatre, to show theatre is not elitist. And then mm. all you hear about in the headlines is £400 for this show. you know. Mm, and it's yeah. like, you've just destroyed all the hard work we've done for the last six months, you know? I, mm-hmm. could, I, yeah. could, I could probably go and see a year's worth of theatre for the price of that one ticket. It's scary, isn't it? Because it's, it's a deterrent to people that have always perhaps 
been a demographic of people that have always been of the perception that the th- they're not welcome in the theatre setting. And then that just reinforces that point over and over. And and even if they'd thought about it and never attended anything but a pantomime, they certainly won't even consider it yeah. now. Well, most most people see theatre as the West End, don't they? You talk about London theatre, mm. so yeah. many people will just think that it's the West End, that's it. They don't realise <clears throat> that there are about 200 other theatres around London <laughs> knocking tickets mm. out with like under £20 a shot. And it's such a shame that the damage that done to the reputation. But, you know, the West End is always shooting us in the foot. I mean, Andrew Lloyd Webber yeah. letting everyone know they've been, that their show's been cancelled by social oh, media. Christ. You yeah, know, it's... Cool. it's and, uh, yeah, sorry to get a bit too serious here, but <laughs> um, perhaps I should have started drinking. No, it's got its No, place. by all means. Yeah, we everything theatre is we are we're passionate to show that theatre's for everybody. You know, even in our writers, you know, we will let anyone come and write for us. You know, or we'll give everyone a chance. I mean, now and again, we'll say to people, you probably need to learn English a bit better first. Um, <laughs> but but in general, in in general, you know, we will we tr- we give people a chance to to develop their writing. You know, a lot of our reviewers, I say we have a lot of students, we have a lot of people early career, and I know people who've said they've got jobs off the back of showing that they write for us. You know, and it might not be theatre-related jobs, but it's the fact that, you know, they've demonstrated that they do this and it looks so good for them. So we, yeah. everything theatre is is a home for anybody, really. And mm-hmm. so we do that for our reviewers and we do that in the theatre we see. You know, we will give, you know, we will go to Amdram, we will go to student productions you know i mean we get invited to occasional student productions for end of year reviews and that we will try and get reviews along to anything we can then you get these stories of andrew lloyd webber of the cock 400 pound tickets and it just destroys it just puts us back so much you know suddenly again people are just seeing you know because you don't see the headlines about you know this theater's giving away this you know free tickets you don't see the headlines that you know Batsy Arts Center was a food bank during the you know during lockdown so so many fringe theaters done things during lockdown but you don't hear those stories all you hear is West End are fucked up again and mm-hmm. it ruins everything for the rest of us because People there would like, well, no, theatre's just for snobs. I'm not go-go. And mm. it's such a shame. I mean, I you know, I, I go to theatres at half empty and, you know, and you think it's such a shame that we couldn't get another 30, 40 people here because this is, you know, this is better than the bloody West End. I mean, I will argue that fringe theatre is better than the West End, not just for value, but sometimes for pure content and performance. Another realm for your love. The music is pulsating. The atmosphere is intoxicating. We welcome you to a vision of the 80s urban nightlife. To stagnites and Hindus. To drunken crying girls and gallons of booze. We four bouncers will illustrate. The sort of thing that happens late. In every city and every town. When the pubs are shut and the beer's been down. Black Box Theatre Company are back with the hilarious and iconic comedy Bouncers, which is touring across the south of England this summer. For a full list of tour dates and to book your tickets, head to www.blackboxtheatrecompany.com. I've seen a couple of things bandied around quite recently on 
Twitter about people struggling, having applied for Arts Council funding. And, and it's just not, it's apparently without the excuse being explicitly given, people have come to the conclusion that the money's being sent to the bigger boys. Mm. And, yeah. and again, it really, after the last couple of years, is it those people that need the most help? I mean, the you could see the figures for some of the funding that was given out. Uh, there was a lot of when it when they announced the figures in the first round of funding. I think was it was it Secret Cinema got a six figure sum. Mm. As everyone pointed out, Secret Cinema is 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 abuse is is. I mean, you might need to cut this. It's probably lie. No, it's spoken word. It's slander, isn't it? There was a lot of people <laughs> complaining that Secret Cinema weren't very good to its staff, paid minimum wage, allegedly. There you allegedly. Go, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's not slander. We said allegedly. Yeah. There was a lot there was a lot of talk that um they you know, where did and where did this money go? So they don't even have a fixed venue. So where mm. did they where did this six figure fig, figure need to go mm. to support them through the you know, through lockdown? Um yeah. I, I mean the arts fund had done a lot of good. They you know, a lot of small venues were getting enough to keep them going. You know, they'd get you know, they'd get ten thousand here, ten thousand there, which is enough sometimes for these venues, but you know, the difference between, you know, die in and keep going. Um mm. but yeah, you could actually look up the arts figures funding where the money went and it, it's incredible. Some of the ones towards the top, you think, Why did you need this money? But mm. um but yeah, but then when you've got people in government who's probably the idea of the arts is the West End. Yeah, I must face it, Boris Johnson probably doesn't know anything outside West End or the Royal Opera House. You know, I mean yeah. they got they got a good few quid out of it, didn't they? And, and that's not libelous. I mean I, I don't I don't think I don't think Royal Opera House are going to sue me for killing they're a bunch of thieving <laughs> bastards as well. But um <laughs> But if you are Royal Upper House, uh, two actors podcast at outlook.com. Uh, hey, any publicity is good publicity. If we can get sued by could you them. Imagine, could you imagine the headlines? Could, yeah, small podcast sued by Royal Upper House. Fantastic publicity. You could crowdfund your legal fees. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, I'll, I'll, do, I'll, do the, I'll do the classic jo- uh, Boris Johnson response saying I never said that. Even though brilliant. It, I mean, it might be recorded, but I'll say you doxed it. That's fine. Uh, off you yep. go. But the, the, the publicity you'll get for, for that, mm. I mean, who else can we slide while we're at it? I mean, um, <laughs> right, let's I mean, pull up a list. Here we go. <laughs> we, we could try Andrew Lloyd Webber, but what hasn't been said about him? Oh, what a dick. I don't want to give him the attention, to be honest. <laughs> that might do. The, 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 I mean, let's face it, the best we can say about Andrew Lloyd Webber is this man flew in from America to the House of Lords to vote down, giving an increase in benefits. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that that, yeah. that about sums him up. <laughs> but do you know the really sad thing about it? And it's also the same with the whole cock fiasco. I'm such a child, I laughed at that. <laughs> Andrew Lloyd Webber, he's bringing, his, he's bringing his Cinderella show to Broadway. People are going to go for it. People are going to go see it and it's going to do well, maybe. And the whole thing with, you know, £400 tickets for cock. I mean, by the time this episode comes out, I don't know what state it will be in. But I imagine there'll be some people rich people of course who will see that and go 400 pound a ticket Whoa, must be really good then we'll go see it and it will have great audiences and stuff and i never want theater to do badly but i'm kind of like i kind of want cock to do badly at this point i'm sure but i'm sure i'm sure the actors in it have gotten their money's worth i'm sure uh the the cast and crew have been paid their lump sum i'm, I'm sure it's fine but I'm like, I, I, to, to show the theatre producers, no, this isn't right. I kind of want it to do 
badly. I kind of want cock to. I'm trying to think of a bad pun. It's so hard not. It, it's so hard not to say it without it sounding innuendo, though, isn't it? You know, I'm, yeah. I'm not paying four hundred pounds for cock. I could get it for twenty quid. You know. Um, <laughs> It was on it. That was it. Cock was actually on at Brighton Fringe. So you could say, why would I pay £400 for cock in the West End when I could get it for a tenner in Brighton? Absolutely. There is oh, there is an God. economic theory about snob value, though, isn't there? <laughs> there's a brilliant, there's, 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 a, there's a proper economic theory called snob value where they it deliberately increase prices knowing that people will, will be more interested because it looks more exclusive. Mm. And that's where you are with that. I mean, and you see it. You see it in all the arts, though, don't you? Let's face it. You see it in music as well. I mean, I go to a lot of music, and you always see about these tickets selling out, and then people pay ridiculous money for it. And you'll mm. go to that gig, and after people will be staying there chatting all the way through it till they get to the one song they know, and it's yeah. like you've just paid how much to get here, and you're not even listening. And it's mm. it's yeah, you know, it's about being there, isn't it? It's about these people. It isn't. I say in cock. I I would suggest cock. Probably a lot of people pay, who will pay four hundred, probably just to say they. Oh yes, I saw that cock. It was so, you know, I was so good. I saw it. You know, because because mm. I could afford yeah. to go. Oh fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> I can't take this. There's just too much. <laughs> cock too much. Talk. Too much. There's been too much cock for you. So by by that logic, um, when when I bring back my play Aop Hitler, hopefully for Edinburgh Fringe next year, tickets will be uh, about a grand. Might make some money that way. So uh, you, you might just be able to afford to go to Edinburgh if you charge that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you call oh, it Aop Cock and then? <laughs> Because you know? hey, <laughs> that would just sound like it is a norm to say hello to their best mate, isn't it? That is true, and then you yeah. pull them in and then they start hailing Hitler and stuff. It'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck is this? Uh, uh, the sea uh, coal could be quite interesting, though, isn't it? I mean, would you still raise the left arm or would you do something else? Cock. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> you said it rather than me. After the same again, lovey. What? made you want to get into writing for theatre and becoming a would you call yourself a reviewer or a critic or i'm a reviewer i don't think I, yeah i think we're i'd never quite know what the difference between critic oh i think critics are, are the professional side who probably understand that little bit deeper and can go into much deeper analysis whereas review will just go along and say it was good because or it was bad because um but I mean, the, there's a there's a blur between the lines now, though, isn't there? Because there's so much, there's you know, it's so easy to be a reviewer now, and you know, and I'm not knocking that because I say we invite people to come and write for us with very little experience, so it's very easy. Um, what got me into it? That was the question, wasn't it? I used to actually do a a music blog, so I used to review. I used to review bands around. I used to go to all the little dodgy backstreet pubs <laughs> in London and go and see, you know, review music. Then I stopped doing that for a while, and I was late. I was late to theatre. I didn't get into theatre until my thirties, really. But I mm. started to go to theatre more, you know, becoming a bit more respectful, a bit more grown up. And so I started mm-hmm. to go see theatre, and then I decided I wanted to start writing again. I, I have, um, I mean, I have, I have severe mental health problems, in that I have anxieties through the roof and depression. Mm. So I get very worried about things, and then because I'm getting worried about things, I get depressed about them even more. And it, it's a great, it's a great sort of circle you go in. And I found writing actually helped me. 
it become mm. quite therapeutic to just write about literally about anything. So I started going to theatre and writing reviews just as a way to deal with my, my sort of um, you know the mental health. And I think a lot of people you find a lot of people say it's good. It's it's a healthy thing to do writing. You know, it, mm. it uses parts of your brain that you know maybe you know you keeps you away from all the bad sides of your mind. So I started. I literally started writing my own blog again for theatre and a little bit of music. Um, and then obviously then the Everything Theatre sort of, I saw Everything Theatre advertising for people. And it's like, well, rather than have my blog is getting viewed by about 30 people a month, why don't mm. I go write for someone who's see, you know getting seen by, um, well, right now, uh, something like 12,000 people a month. That's where, I mean, that's an exceptional month. I mean, mm. we, the target is six. I, I always say our target each month is 6,000 views. This month we are on target for about twelve thousand. I don't know why it's. I don't know why it's gone so mad this month. I like to think it's consistency. I like to think we've actually, we've you know, yeah, we we've kept going. You know, since lockdown, you know, since we've been back to theatres, the consistency has built it up again. But yeah, we we are reg. You know, last month we had just short of nine thousand, and this month I say I think we're going to be around twelve thousand. Because at the moment we've just passed. We passed seven thousand today. We're only halfway through the month. That's fantastic. Doubling your it's, numbers, it's, it? it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And um, if anyone is listening who wants to advertise on the website that has 12,000 monthly viewers, do get in touch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because, <laughs> because um, yeah, if I can make it pay a living, I, God, I, I, I mean, I give up about 50 hours a week to it as it is. But if I can yeah. make it, if I can actually sort of get the advertising and make a do it full time and actually commit to it. Because at the moment I'm committing to it without actually making money out of it, and it's 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 uh it's an exhausting business. <laughs> yeah, it's hard because I'm sure what initially lies with passion then can become you don't want it to become a chore, but when it takes up so much of your time like that, it, it's it's an obsession. It's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's clearly I, I, I clearly I would call it an obsession now in that I am obsessed by. I mean, I love a good stat anyway. I mean, yeah. Um, mm. yeah the the one thing, yeah, but the one thing that you know, I'd rather see is a good stat rather than rather go see some cock, you know. Um, <laughs> but but I am I am obsessed with the stats, and obviously, as as the figures going up and up, I I, I can't stop looking. I, I literally every time I sit down at the computer, the first thing I do is refresh the um the sort of um, the Google uh, analytics that has all our figures mm. on it. And I literally refreshing it, watching the numbers go up all day long. I, I could sit here all day, just watching the figures change. I mean, yeah. I wish I wish I had a live view of it. So I didn't have to keep pressing refresh. It's, it's crazy, <laughs> but um, it, yeah, it is an obsession. <clears throat> I'm, I'm obsessed with making this as big as we can make it now. And I'm obsessed yeah. with, with doing it with the sole intention of showing the world that fringe theatre is some is absolutely amazing, you know, and mm. you know, and there is so much amazing stuff out there. I mean, I went to see a big, um, I went to see a bit of gig theatre two weeks ago, and I could have cried in this in this show because it moved me so much, and I was just gutted that the audience was about. I'd seen two shows in the same night, and the first show had a full house, and then the second show afterwards, everyone had buggered off. And and it was like, why did you not come and see this show? It's one of the most moving pieces of theatre I've seen for a long time. And my my obsession is is just we should admire everyone who makes fringe theatre. We should we should cherish them. We should make them make you know, We should 
make sure they get a living out of it rather than mm. having to go work all day and then go along to the theatre in the evening to do their show. I become obsessed with things, and I, I'm obsessed with making doing this at the moment. Um, but I've been obsessed for about four years now since I started taking it over, and it's it's the obsession I think I'm going to have to I die, which is going to be a lot younger than I should do at the rate I'm going. But I don't know. You're getting plenty of dopamine from that obsession, watching yeah. those numbers go up. That's um, That's got to release something. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> but if, but don't you find, if you go see a piece of amazing theatre, what that does to you, it, you know, the, the buzz yeah, you the get high. out of that. I mean, mm. it's like I used to say, I mean, I, I'd say I go see a lot of live music as well. And if I haven't been to a gig for a while, I start getting itchy to get back to a gig. And it is like a drug, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, and theatre's the same. I don't go to a theatre for a couple of weeks. And I don't always – I try to go every week, but I don't always because I run, I run out of time. Some weeks I just yeah. run out of time, you know what I mean? I do I do a radio show on a Wednesday night. So usually another night I'm recording my own podcast. And then I've got a couple of nights I need to work on sort of make sure the emails are down. And some weeks it's like I just can't go to the theatre this week. And I do, mm. you find if I haven't been to for a couple of weeks, you start getting, you do, it is like a drug because you do start mm. having withdrawal symptoms, don't you? It's absolutely mm. ridiculous what it does to you. Last orders at the bar. Last orders at the bar. Before we head off, you mentioned that you've got a podcast. Um, tell us a bit about, about that. Where can people find it? Where can people listen? The podcast come out the radio show. I, I literally. Just over a year ago, I saw someone advertising for for people to go and be presenters on a radio show, and it's an online radio show for the Runny Mead Barra. So it's a little, it's supposedly a little local radio station for a Barra mm. just out in um sort of out on the M tw- edge of the M twenty five. And I approached mm. and said, "I do an art show," and I think they thought when I said art show, they would get a lot more professional than they actually got. Um, <laughs> so, so we called it the Everything Theatre Radio Show, and the plan was I was going to use it as as a show to base around that. I actually use it as excuse to just play my own music all night. But um, so I then try and get a guest every week, and the guest I've had mostly mostly it's 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 writers, directors, even actors. I again, it all comes off the back of Everything Theatre. It's whoever. You know, I'll sometimes see a show and it's like, I want to speak to you. The show at the gig theatre I saw a couple of weeks ago, I emailed them back and said, do you fancy doing an interview at some point to promote your next show? So I want to, I want to chat to you and find out more. So I, I do pick and choose who I interview. I try to focus again on fringe theatre. Mm. I've had a few sort of, I mean, I had a PR chat to me last week. I got taken out for lunch by a PR last week, which I think is a sign of success. Yeah. <laughs> when the PRs are taking you out for lunch, because we want to, we want to talk to you about what you do. I said to them, I said, you know, it's, it's all well and good. You, know, you could send me your big guests, but I'm not sure I'm interested because I'd rather spat chat someone in the fringe theatre to promote yeah. fringe theatre rather than telling another couple of seats, I say, to a West End show. Um, mm. But the podcast, you'll find the podcast on our website. If you go onto our website on the homepage now, I've even finally managed to set up its own section on the homepage. So you can actually see a section of a podcast. Um, usually do one a week. You'll find it on the website. Um, I think on the on the menu bar, if you look under, I think there's a thing that says Run Radio. I must change the podcast at some point. But if you look under there, you'll see all the podcasts we've done. I think I'm up to about 35, 36 now. Um, and it is literally, it's it's a lot, a lot of them are off the time because they're usually for shows that are coming up. It, it's fun. And you know what? It's, it's, I, 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 I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I hope it sells a few tickets, but at the same time, I fairly enjoy finding out more. I, I enjoy digging into these into these sort of people's heads and find out what makes their theatre. So 
I get mm. pleasure out of it. I don't know who else does. You're, you're, you're promoting for people though, aren't you? The reviews promote for people and you're mm. giving someone a moment to explain their ideas and, and pull all that apart. So it, it's really really nice to give so much back actually yeah. yeah i mean we also do a lot of written interviews now and this year i'm hoping we'll have about 100 written interviews across the site which is another great one because it, it, it just gives it, it, it gives another little plug to a lot of these little shows and if your audience is only 30 or 40 people a night anyway which a lot of fringe theater is if we mm. can change the audience from 30 people to 32 people it's been worth their while and that website is this is me being back to you know, professional podcaster, everything-theatre.co.uk. Yeah. Go the, check the, it out. The dash is a nightmare. I think when it was set up, <laughs> I mean, it's 10 years old. Well, it's 11 years old now, isn't it? Um, I think when, when that was set up, I don't think anyone really thought through the, the practicalities. I think they put the dash in to separate the words, whereas nowadays you, you wouldn't have the dash in there anymore. <laughs> and what, what I should do, I should actually buy the Everything Theatre as one word domain name and just have it linked in, have it, have it folded on. I might, I might do that one day. When, when, we, <laughs> when you've got a day off yeah <laughs> don't, don't. I've, I've actually i've just um and I, i'll let you go in a minute i'll let you go it's your podcast isn't it um <laughs> i've just i've actually just uh, uh, tried to register everything theater as a google news feed oh, and, okay nice. and if i can That'd if i can get if i can get that that i mm. hope will really push the numbers up as well because mm. um we'll pop up you know it's like you get you know you've gone to chrome and that, that news list you get and if i can get us popping up on there for people who have theaters one of their preferences i'm hoping that will really and again if i can get back to what i said earlier if i can get fringe theater into the into the eyes of people who say they like theater hopefully mm. again it's it's only got to have a small percentage of those people reading it who might go and buy a ticket and it's been successful so um i'm just waiting for google to get back to me funny enough we're probably not top of their to-do list to confirm my my registration but um you know. it should be to be honest <laughs> yeah we'll keep our fingers crossed for you brilliant well uh in our time on a tradition that's an episode <laughs> it's been absolute pleasure <laughs> thank you so much rob no it pleasures all ours thank you so much rob for coming on um where can people find you obviously you can find you on everything-theatre.co.uk uh, if, if people want to find you directly are you on social media i know the answer is yes but this is your chance to tell people that don't worry about that look up i mean it's every theatre is our twitter handle and that's that's the one to follow we've got and again, it's in the past by the time this goes out. But actually this week we're doing our first takeover and I've given all the passwords to one of our reviewers who's going to spend all day tweeting God knows what. So um, <laughs> so by the so, time this episode comes out, every theatre might have been banned. So who knows? Yeah, you'll be sued for libel. We've been banned. It's been a successful <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, we look forward to the impending lawsuit. Come at us. Roll up for house. Everything against Royal Opera House has it. Fuck you. Andrew Lloyd Webber, you're a dick as well. And everyone that produced Cock on the West End, you suck. Bring it on. <laughs> suck what? <laughs> I would I was just like to say I was nothing to do with any of those comments. <laughs> what are you still doing here? Sling your hook. See you later, Davey boy. See you later, Scarlotta. We'd like to give a massive thanks to Rotaries for our soundtrack. 
and to Megan Sickers for our artwork. And an even bigger thanks to all of you choosing to listen to us waffle on. Find us on all social media platforms and make sure to subscribe to us because we're actors. We need validation.